What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's Monday, April 6th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is your daily coronavirus update. While we brace ourselves to make it through this time right now, the scientific community around the world is in a race to develop a vaccine for COVID-19. There are currently at least 43 different vaccines in development around the world, but the process remains slow. While many things have changed about how to develop vaccines, such as being able to target the DNA and RNA of the viruses in quick fashion, the rest of the process, testing in humans, and also manufacturing for wide use, remains very slow. That is why we might still be a year away from an effective vaccine. Samanth Subramanian, contributor to The Guardian Longreads, joins us for the work behind the race to develop a coronavirus vaccine. Thanks for joining us, Samanth. Happy to be here. Wanted to continue talking about coronavirus, COVID nineteen, and one of the things that everybody is racing for to get completed is a vaccine. We've been told for a while now, since this whole pandemic started, that it was going to take twelve to eighteen months, something like that, to really get an effective vaccine. And because it just takes a long time, the the human trials, the studying of it takes a long time. What has changed is actually being able to get uh, vaccine candidates. Uh, that's changed, and it's much, much quicker than it's been in the past. Currently, there's at least 43 COVID-19 vaccines in development around the world, and everybody's racing to to do this. There was one vaccine that was made in 63 days by the American biotech firm named Moderna, and they're actually doing human trials already. Those started on March 16th. So, Samant, tell us a little bit about the vaccine-making process and 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 how it's changed over the years as well. Well, so uh, the vaccine, you know, the principle of vaccination hasn't changed at all, right? I mean, the idea is to get um, your immune system to recognize a virus or a bacteria without actually making you sick. So what they used to do earlier was they used to weaken a virus or a bacteria and they would introduce that into your body and your immune system would recognize it and it would generate all these antibodies that tend to stay in your system. So the body learns to fight this germ. 
And then when you actually get infected with a, with a full strength strain of this pathogen, uh, your body can fight it off. It has all these antibodies and T cells and it can fight these pathogens. So that's how they used to do it earlier. And that was the case for, you know, most of the 20th century. They would uh, take these viruses or these bacteria and they would put them in cell cultures, tissue cultures and labs, and they would try to weaken these strains. And sometimes it was a really tricky process to do. I mean, it's very difficult if you aren't quite, um, you know, in possession of the kind of sensitive equipment that we have right now. The first step forward from that was when scientists realized that, look, you don't have to put the entire virus into a body. Uh, you can just put a part of the virus or a part of the bacteria into the body and the antibodies will still be generated. So they would take like some molecules of a particular toxin that a bacteria would release, or they would take a part of the shell on the outside that the bacteria or the virus have, and they would introduce these molecules into our bodies. And that's, you know, already sort of thousands of times smaller than the bacteria or the virus itself, which are tiny. And then what's happened over the last few years, and really, I mean, you know, this has been developing for a while, but genetic technology has only come up to a particular speed and efficiency and power over the last few years, is that instead of making these molecules, you know, the toxin or the protein shell on the outside, instead of making them in labs or in factories, what scientists have learned to do is to take short snatches of the genetic material of the bacteria or the virus itself, which you know, has the instructions coded to produce these toxins or these protein shells and so on, and put the genetic material directly into a body, into a vaccine, and use our cells, our bodies as factories for making these molecules. So you've gone from introducing the whole pathogen to introducing a part of the pathogen to now introducing the genetic material that codes for a part of the pathogen. So you're just putting the gene, you know, you're synthesizing these genes outside in a lab and you're putting those genes into your body. Now, I should mention that this last bit, uh, the vaccines that use DNA or RNA, these genetic material vaccines, you know, these are completely unproven. You know, they've, they've right. been sort of tested in labs. Um, there's been a couple of human trials, but we haven't ever had a real world vaccine out there that works on this principle yet. So it's really fast to do, but we still don't know whether it's gonna work if it will go through human trials and succeed and get out on the market for all of us to use. And that's one of the interesting parts about this is that, as you were mentioning beforehand, uh, scientists had to use parts of the actual virus. They were dealing with that organism there. And now a lot of this stuff is being done on computer modeling. Uh, you know, after China released the full genome of the coronavirus of COVID-19, scientists were immediately getting onto it to start seeing what they can do, what they could use to try to uh, make effective vaccines for it. That's right. I mean, I think like because sequencing the genome of a small organism like a bacteria or a virus is now so quick, you know, they have that they had that online in like mid-January. And as I say in my story, I mean, that's sort of like a starter pistol for all these scientists everywhere to look at this genome and try to understand what parts of this virus uh, they might want to play, introduce into our body and what parts of the genome code for those sections of the virus, these subunits of the virus. And so really that, that's the, you know, that's the powerhouse beginning to this entire process. And then, as you say, quite rightly, I mean, a lot of the work happens on computers right up until they actually synthesize these genes. Everything's happening online. All this modeling is happening with software. 
and then they get these genes back and then they start to deal with real world testing on mice and other animals. And this is the part that takes obviously the longest part now. I mean, we're just talking about how quickly now they can get this candidates, they can figure something out, but the real world testing, the human trials, and then the manufacturing of this, this is the slow part. So when people say, hey, 12 to 18 months, this is the bulk of the time right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, both of these things are slow. So human trials can only proceed at the lay, at the rate of human physiology, right? We can't speed our systems up to react quicker or slower to give scientists results. So it has to go just as slow as, as it'll go. Um, but, the, but the problem also is human physiology is so complicated. Uh, we can test these vaccines as much as we want on computers or in mice. But when it comes to putting something into a human body, it's impossible to predict the kind of uh, side effects it'll have, what kind of dosage will work, whether it'll work at all. You know, it's impossible to predict all of this stuff. So that take, takes time. And then the second part of it is just sort of economics in a sense. It's business. Uh, you need a big drug company with the equipment and factories and so on to manufacture these huge doses of vaccines. But very often companies don't want to touch vaccines unless they're sure there's like a profit margin in there for them. So if they... You know, if we come through human trials for this vaccine, say, by January next year, let's assume. I don't know if that's the right time scale. But, you know, by that time, coronavirus everywhere around the world might have shrunk. The pandemic won't quite be as virulent as it is now. And so companies at that point might look at this and say, well, you know, we don't want to touch this as a product. I mean, right. there's not many people who need to be vaccinated. Most of the world has immunity to it. So what, what's going to happen then? We have no way of knowing. So there's so many moving parts in both how complex human physiology is and in the economics of this, that's why it's going to take 12 to 18 months if we're lucky for a vaccine to be out on the market. And we, and we know that's true because it's happened before. There were uh, vaccines in the process for uh, SARS when that was going around. And because, you know, by the time they were getting around to getting something uh, that was viable, everything had calmed down with SARS. So funding for that stuff dried up very quickly. So I, I think this, I might, I'm hoping this might be a different case because there's a lot more eyes on this. You know, it, it's this whole uh, a big thing that everybody's kind of paying attention to. So hopefully it's different, but, you know, we've gone through this process before. Um, you know, the, some of the experts have said that for the cost of this vaccine to produce and manufacture enough to maybe beat a pandemic, it could be about $3 billion. But, you know, as you mentioned, Everything is constantly changing with all of this. Uh, for this story, you you actually spoke to um, a Canadian pathologist. His name is Jonathan Heaney. He works with a company who's also working on a possible vaccine. What can you tell us about uh, uh, their work and, and you know what you're learning from them? Well, so um, Heaney's company, which is called Diosynvax, is based here in Cambridge, England, where I live. And, you know, it's just the, the strangeness of the world right now that they're about a 12-minute bicycle ride from where I live. And I was unable to visit because, you know, he can't take the risk of outsiders coming in, possibly carrying a virus and infecting his staff, infecting him. So we had to speak on Zoom, on like video conference, uh, right. even though he's so close to where I live. And they, you know, like a lot of other uh, labs and universities and, you know, companies around the world, they started work as soon as Genome was published on January 12th or just after um, what they're doing is kind of different. I think it's more ambitious. Uh, they're trying to build this vaccine that will not just work against this uh, coronavirus disease, COVID-19, but also against uh, you know many members of the family of coronaviruses. 
you know, so SARS, for example, was caused by a coronavirus as well. And so their idea is to uh, get this vaccine uh, to replicate within us the production of uh, common parts of all these viruses. So every virus has something called a spike protein uh, on the outside of the shell. So they'll make maybe, you know, the vaccine will come into the human body and it will make a part of the spike protein that is common across all these coronaviruses. Maybe it'll make two or three or four other sections of the same uh, viruses. So there's two or three or four common elements floating around. And the theory is that the antibodies that our body releases will then be able to eventually work against all of these coronaviruses. And this is his thing, right? He needs thing is he has this platform where he uh, he's done this for phyloviruses. So um, West Nile virus, for example, uh, that disease is caused by, caused by a phylovirus, and he has a platform for that. He's working on a universal flu vaccine, which will hopefully work against every kind of flu out there. So that's his that's his big mo. And uh, you know, I mean, as I as he says, it's early days. They're still doing trials on mice, uh, and he you know he says quite um, uh, quite clearly that the uh, the vaccine field has this graveyard full of dead vaccine candidates. So he's quite realistic about his chances, but. It's a it's an ambitious thing to try for. And I, I, I had a great time talking to him. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And at the same time, you know, you mentioned the article talking to a bunch of people. <clears throat> Excuse me. You mentioned the article talking to a bunch of people. We have to avoid over promising because if there ever was something to go wrong, an accident with these vaccines, that's why we need to take the time to do the clinical trials and really get all the data. You know, it could turn people off to getting it. You know, if there's something that goes wrong. You know, while it might help to avert COVID-19 or other coronaviruses, people might not want it after that. So it's a very tricky situation. And I know the United States has fast-tracked a lot of things. We're doing a lot of trials and we're trying to do it very quickly. But we got to take the time to get it right. Samant Subramanian, contributor to The Guardian, Long Reads. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Oscar. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been your Daily Coronavirus Update. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.